Talk lines open now at 247-2000. You're listening to First City Forum. I'm your host, Brittany Rickard, here with Danielle and Estelle today with Stomp the Stigma. How are you guys doing? It's a good day. It's a beautiful rainy day in Ketchikan. I'm kind of glad for the southeast weather to be back with us. You know, um, I was literally thinking yesterday, and I maybe it was because I was online shopping, but um, I'm actually excited for winter. <laughs> I like bought so many winter clothes, and I've been here two years. This will be my third winter, though, and this is the first time, and I don't know if it's because I'm finally just getting used to catch can seasons, that I'm actually a little eager for it, and maybe I think it's because the tourists are going to leave. <laughs> The hush that comes over the town (laughs) is priceless. I didn't know what I had when I first moved here because it was COVID. And then everyone's like, we want the tourists back. Now they're here. I'm like, okay, thanks. God, bye. Thanks for the economy. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) You've done what we needed. We appreciate you. Uh, Okay, so what are we here to talk about today? Stomp the stigma. Okay, so I was told this is an event. I'm completely in the dark about this. So can you explain Stomp the Stigma to me? Yeah, so this is the fifth year running. So it started with uh, September is National Recovery Month. And five years ago, I got this idea to, like, we should get together people who are in recovery and we should march through town and just show people some love and that we're not ashamed of what we have come through I should start with, I am a member of Recovery. I have six years clean and sober. Congrats. Thank you. And so that's where the passion behind, you know, all of this comes from. So, um, yeah, we're going to get together. We're going to march through town. Um, what do you think about this? And I went to Estelle, who was a managing direct program director at the Car House Treatment Center here in town. And she was like, yes, let's do it. So we started to plan... We were going to march from Community Connections and to the plaza. So I called up Judy Ziggy at the plaza and I asked her, hey, what do you think about this idea? Can we end at the plaza? And she's like, that's a great idea. Why don't I give you a mic and a stage? So that the support, the doors opened, like God-driven event the whole way. And all of a sudden we had Stomp the Stigma, Recovery March, and Resource Rally. So we have uh, people, agencies in town who come in, share resources that we have in town, um, do the recovery march, come back to the plaza, and we have people in recovery, sometimes professionals working in the field, who um, kind of tell their stories and have a speaking event at the end of it also. It's pretty it's pretty powerful. What are, um, can you remind me the dates for this? I'm taking some notes right here. Saturday, September 10th. All right. The resource event starts at 11. The march is at noon. Now we go from the plaza to the tunnel and back to the plaza, so we can kind of start and end in the same place. And it's a little bit shorter okay. of a walk. <laughs> and you know, that's so cool when you're in a, so, I mean, obviously the drug epidemic is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're in a small town like this, it's just so amazing that the community comes together and like thinks and enacts these things. I'm from a big city. We have resources there, um, but there's no community feeling you know mm-hmm. i don't want to say people care less but they just don't come together the way that they do here so the more i learn about stuff like this that goes on in ketchikan it's really cool to me well and when we when we were talking about it and i think in the recovery community we're not afraid to talk amongst ourselves and as we started to recover more out loud and talk more about what we've been through um we're realizing that like for example i know people who have died of overdoses and their families mm-hmm. are not comfortable talking about it mm-hmm. yeah and like why because they're ashamed or there's stigma attached to it. They don't want to talk about the dark secrets of the family. And that's, you know, their privacy, and that's um, totally respect, you know, their opinion there. But if the more of us who've lived through and survived through those things talk about it, the less stigmatizing it is, the less shame that there is. 
No, I completely agree. I um, There is addiction in my family as well, which it's the same. I, well, we were hyper, hyper religious too. So, and this was all going on at the same time. So I totally get what you're saying where it's like, it's a hush hush thing. There's a lot of shame attached to it. Um, and it makes it, I feel like harder for people to want to get help because you have to kind of admit and, you know, people might talk. And I also have friends I used to go to a lot of NA meetings with um, my friend in high school. She wouldn't even, I don't know what I can say on the radio, but she wouldn't even partake in herbal remedies with me in high school and then um, went through some yeah, <laughs> went through some really uh, rough stuff afterwards so um yeah it's really cool what you guys are doing so did you um did you name stomp the stigma how did you guys come together it was you two or so well it was a crazy idea that i had and i part of how i came up with the idea is my best friend christine fury christine morrison um was involved with the wellness coalition and had traveled to washington dc um with the Wellness Coalition and the Substance Abuse Task Force at the time. And she came back after talking to senators and what we joke as, like, fancy people. Like, we're just <laughs> little catch-a-can girls who had drug problems, who, like, have crazy stories. And they're, we're at the White House – or not the White House, at the Senate building – um, talking to fancy people. Anyway, she came home from that event and was just like on fire and was mm-hmm. like, we have got to do something. Um, she had very, very small children at the time. So her time was a little bit more limited, but her passion was infectious. And so it all just kind of ripple affected from there. So as, as I recall, we were, we had this conversation about being tired about talking about the problem. Yes. And you know, we sit around tables and we talk about the problem. Um, and we got tired of talking about it. And so in these initial discussions, it was like, we want to do something. We actually want to do something that can show people that recovery is possible. We do recover. Um, and we were talking about stigma as being this huge barrier mm-hmm. uh, for people recovering. And, you know, I, stigma, I know is a mark of disgrace or inadequacy. We can stigmatize ourselves and we can stigmatize others. And when we're afraid and ashamed to talk about something, which addiction does, and so do mental health disorders, Mm -hmm. we can't talk about the problem, we can't talk about what's real. And that is something that will allow uh, this disease, which does very well, a lot like poison mushrooms or mold, it grows best in the darkness, uh, it will allow it to continue to grow and let, let's do something. What can we do? Yeah. Well, let's march. Yeah. And it was like, we don't need a permission for that. Like, who do we have to ask permission from? We're just walking through town and getting some people together. Mm-hmm. And uh, the doors kind of just open from there. So, yeah. yeah, you're right. I almost forgot about that part. That was the yeah. biggest part. yeah so i mean yeah and then i was um i had found on doing some online research that september was national recovery month and it was like yep let's do it It just all fell together honestly remember where the boot stomp part came from just like brainstorming things but my friend jamie um was she's a fantastic artist jamie mitchell um doodled something up and i was like can we use this and so that is the logo like a little fake extra tough uh yeah Yeah. it's not extra tough that's awesome and i can't imagine rights to extra tough yes thank you (laughs) whispers into the mic we do not have the rights disclaimer (laughs) i can't imagine what it means to somebody um struggling or even somebody who is in recovery um that hasn't had that support to be able to go and see 
you know, your, your entire point, you, you, they're not alone. And even if it's not um, other people who've gone through what they've gone through, but that there's support and stuff, um, that's amazing. And I'm glad that, again, the community, that people are just willing to let you, he's like, let me give you a stage, let me give you a mic. That's so cool. That wouldn't happen where I'm from. So I'm like constantly enamored with this. And I think sometimes people think I'm being so dramatic. And I'm like, this doesn't happen other places. Yeah, there's <laughs> we definitely come together in Ketchikan. Like you can say a lot of things about, you know, the weather and it's a small town and everyone thinks they know everyone's business. But like when things go wrong, when people need help and healing, we we come together like in force and that's been pretty awesome yeah absolutely i remember my, my first summer here all the libby stuff went down yeah and i was in awe over it i'm like this feels like a movie like this is um was so touching i'm like i think i cried a couple times and i wasn't even very close with anybody i was like this is like i was just so enamored and amazed that that many people came together as often and as frequently as they did so yeah. um catch against just such an amazing place yes well and to speak to that like when even if in if you're lucky enough to have within your close family not have someone suffering from substance abuse disorder or mental health disorder, someone that you know that you're close with does. Like there's, I'd be shocked really how many family members um, or how many families in town have zero effect. Like I don't think there would be one, because, especially because we're such a small community that really we all know each other at least know of each other Mm -hmm. so i might not personally know someone who has recently passed away (laughs) but i surely know five of their other family members who are devastated because they lost a family member so it's just um it touches everywhere everyone and um, one of the things that i noticed even after the first year was um, just the people who come out, I don't want to like name drop people, yeah. but the people who come out and support the event that again, as me, I born and raised here in Ketchikan. I'm just this little Ketchikan homegrown girl who's, you know, just talking about my life and fancy people, you know, mm-hmm. show up. And, um, it gives me hope that people who I might have assumed, and maybe that's on my, my fault, um, assume that they don't care. Like they've got bigger problems, they've got bigger, you know, issues across the state to deal with or um, their own agencies to deal with or whatever. And uh, they come and they march through the rain and they look at the posters of the people that we have lost. One of the things that is part of the event um, is a poster series that we call Gone But Not Forgotten. And it's from uh, there's permissions that we get from families. And there's pictures of people who we have lost from overdose or um, completed suicide. And um, every year we get more and more posters and more and more people that we're losing. <clears throat> and um, for the, you know, fancy people and <laughs> and all of our people in the community to come out and, and watch this and put a face, you know, put a face to this disease. This is happening right here. And you can look at numbers across the state or across the nation or across the world. But this is right here on our little island. And, um, and it's pretty intense to think about. I mean, this year has been a brutal year. Yeah, it has. I recently read uh, uh, in, in news that has, believe it or not, uh, just, just the facts, um, that uh, the life expectancy... Um, I was reading that too in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, decreased life expectancy has decreased as a result of um, overdoses. Mm. Right, it's happening. It's happening. 
Well, and I love the name so much, the Stomp the Stigma, because there is the stigma and the stereotyping you get. You think like drug addict and you have this kind of picture in your head and people that you would expect to see at this event. Um, and not only, like you were saying, does it affect people who, who just have that in their life or have a friend or a family member, but I know so many people. Um, my the, my dad, for instance, really struggled with addiction. Mm-hmm. And unless you really knew us deeply and personally, you never would have mm-hmm. known. Yeah. You never would have known. He was like an upstanding like church person. Um, he had a good job. He like dressed well every day and he w- struggled very badly a lot of my friends are the same way so um yeah I can't imagine it's it's got to be such a good opportunity for people to to just feel supported when they feel like they have to hide um stuff like that this is such a good good thing you you guys are doing thank you for sharing that you know this disease doesn't care it Mm -mm. doesn't care uh if we are religious peoples you know if a if a good uh moral code or a philosophy of life uh, was enough to put this uh, disease in its place. Heck, even the the love um, that a person has for their child or for their parent, it, it's just, it is not sufficient uh, to put this disease or, you know, de- disorder, dis-ease uh, into remission. Uh, it, it takes action. And it can start so young, too. So it's oh, good yeah. this is like an event that anyone can attend. You know, people can bring their kids and stuff to it. And again, you got to stop the cycle, too. Um, mm-hmm. My family's kind of split. I've got siblings who feel like they're struggling with certain things now or polar opposite that are like, I'm never, ever going to be that way. And yeah, so. Yeah, mirroring or polarizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, my kids, um, they're going to be 13. And like I said, I have six years clean and I had a relapse in there. So it's been almost 10 years. So the majority of their life from what they remember, I've been a sober mom. Um, I have two older kids that that was not the case. My oldest daughter's 25. I didn't get sober till I was 34 and she was 19. And all of my mess was her whole life. Yeah. And, um, and while that's devastating, she has gotten to see what turnaround looks like and what recovery looks like and what healing looks like and watches me, you know, be the mom that I, um, that I am today and is very supportive and beautifully. And unfortunately as her, as an adult, she has had friends that have struggled and she will call me and say, mom, can I give them your phone number? And it's like, this is, I mean, it's just taking over so many different generations and a whole Mm -hmm. different force. You know, when I was a kid, we were driving up to Harriet Hunt and having bonfires and drinking beer. And that is not what's happening with 16-year-olds today. Mm -hmm. You know, like the the drug world that is out there. I saw the huge bust that just happened. And I have such um, two different sides that I feel when I see that stuff is three, actually. How many people that I know and love would have died if that stuff hit the streets? Mm-hmm. Two, the person who's selling those drugs is obviously struggling also mm-hmm. because nobody becomes a drug dealer because they wanted to. And three, I hope that while that person is incarcerated, they can find their way to get some help. Exactly. Because I know several people who say going to jail saved their life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is... Jail is not treatment, and mm-hmm. there's many other ways you can go about it, or you can go from jail don't to treatment. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not the best, but there are people who that's what that's what it took. What yeah. it took. Um, so, you know, it's just everywhere. It's hitting all age groups. At a, I mean, very young. You know, twelve year olds are smoking meth. Yeah, At twelve. My daughters are thirteen years old in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and there's people their age who are doing things that blow my mind. When I was in high school, even I had friends that were just starting to do it. I remember being surprised by it. And what you were saying about your daughter, I completely relate to also because my mom had six kids and um, she divorced my dad when I was about 16. So it's very similar for me and my older sister who kind of took on the parental roles in my family, um, who had this really 
really aggressively rough childhood. And then all of the four siblings beneath us um, kind of had it not easy, but uh, things kind of leveled out and um, got a lot more stable. I'm trying to not put too much detail in here. But it is, <laughs> it is so important what you guys are doing because I think about one of my sisters. Um, she doesn't live here, so she can't get mad at me. <laughs> but um, she, uh, for the longest time, had that really aggressive take that uh, addiction is a choice and not a disease. And she says that out of pain because Mm -hmm. of what we went through, what she saw, and my dad repetitively making these choices. Um, And now that she's older, that's changing. And I think it's because I have a lot of friends that she's been around that are in recovery also. And she's struggling with her own stuff now and seeing that. So it's important for people um, to see that, even if they haven't struggled with that, like, personally. So it's funny you should bring that up because I was thinking, my brother does live here, and I will call him (laughs) out. So, you know, we grew up, our family's intact. My mom and dad have been married since they were 18 years old. I mean, 40, I'm 42, so 43 years old, they've been married. Like, we, there was no traumatic things that happened in our lives. I just was bored and went down a road. And, you know, my brother lived here too, and he tried some things. And I try to explain to him because he has the choice theory also. Like, it was a choice. And one thing that I will say is the first time when I started to drink and use, that part was a choice. Mm-hmm. What I didn't have a choice of was how my brain and body responded to the same yes, drugs that you tried. And, and you don't know if you if you don't know, and that's okay. And I love him. We just you know don't talk a ton about the specifics of it. He's just glad he has a sister who's you know a proactive mother and family member and reasonable person in society again today. Um, but there are a lot of people who have that you know choice theory, yeah. and there's a lot of science. And you could speak to this more with your education that you have. I do. I love science. <laughs> there is stuff. real evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's real. It's real. This is a thing that takes away the power of choice, right? A a lot of people are going to experiment, heck, even with, uh, you know, legal substances, tobacco, right? Alcohol, marijuana. Uh, But two out of every 10 recreational users, the last time I heard, will develop a substance use disorder and become the real thing. Well, and I, I think if you have that gene, it's, it's, you can get addicted to, I mean, obviously drugs are a lot easier, but there are way other lesser, oh, yeah. I don't want to say lesser, but other things you can get addicted to, like even caffeine or like, yeah. yeah, tobacco and stuff like that. If it's in you, it's just, I, um, so to open up personally, but I have bipolar disorder. Okay. So I went through a long phase where I was binge drinking a lot yeah. and because addiction runs in my family, I got really concerned. I was in the hospital one time and I was talking to my doctor about it and they were like, it doesn't seem like you have an addiction problem because you don't crave it when you don't have it. You don't, it's just when you're in these episodes, you know, and um, I couldn't understand the difference because I, I don't, I don't have, thank God, I don't um, have that tendency to be addicted to something. If I don't have it, I'm okay if I'm feeling impulsive or whatever. But there are people, uh, a lot of other people in my family that have to have it. Like yeah. it's, um, you know, and that understanding that difference is yeah. really hard for people if they, if they don't experience it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Like the uh, mental health disorders are also something, I mean, they all go hand in hand, really. A lot mm-hmm. of people who suffer from one suffer from the other. And it's kind of a what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of Doesn't thing. Doesn't matter. We have an omelet now. <laughs> <laughs> and and even that, it's becoming, and you see it more and more, you know, in media in general, you know, that it is starting to be discussed. Both of these things, both of these issues are starting to be discussed, which is great because when you can bring light to it, then we can start looking at like, what are the solutions? What are we doing about it? What 
what is happening. And like in Ketchikan, that's one of the things with the resource event. There's a lot of people who don't realize the amount of resources we have. We aren't a big city. It's not like that. But if you um, piece together all of the different things that are available in (laughs) Ketchikan, there is treatment here. I grew up here. I made my mess here and I got clean and sober here. I never left town. So it can be done. And I know several other people who've done that too. Some people that doesn't work for them and they do have to leave and go to more of a you know, to a different setting or whatever. Um, and everyone's recovery looks different. And however it is that you get sober and get healthy, like to each of their own. If you figured out the way that works for you, fabulous. Like tell um, us how that worked for you yeah. so that maybe your story helps someone else. That's it. And that's, you know, it, I just can't stress how like important it is what you guys do. I'm sure you know. But even, so I moved to Juno first and it's, um, they very heavily, um, I, I advertise, I guess. I don't know how to put it. Um, their resources and stuff there because they have, you know, just as big, if not bigger, an epidemic there and stuff like that with mental health and, and drug use and everything. And so coming here, um, there were certain things that I needed that I couldn't figure out or find being somebody who wasn't from here um, just because you just, unless you know, you don't know. So um, coming on the radio like this or doing the events that you guys do, it's so amazing. Not to put you on the spot, but what are some of the resources um, that you guys can think of? Oh, wow. Of your head? Oh, wow. We, we, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the... There's so many. <laughs> well, you know, it's, um, it's mind, it's body, it's, uh, it's spirit. You know, there, there are some folks uh, that... Uh, that would benefit from treatment. Uh, uh, some people uh, seek uh, medication. You know, uh, Peace Health offers uh, 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 psychiatric care. Uh, we also have uh, private practitioners uh, here in town that can offer that uh, the medication that would help somebody with uh, mental health disorders or um, it might medication-assisted therapy. Yeah. If. Uh maybe a cleaner way to ask is do you know what resources will be present at the resource rally that you guys are having oh yeah people are looking to yeah so um Aquila Gateway Aquila Gateway Center for Human Services residential youth care which is on the preventative side of things you know we're dealing with I work at residential youth care and there we have a really great prevention um you know when, when you think about the continuum of care we have the triage, right? There's like the people who need help right now. And there's the how do we keep them safe later? But what about going upstream and keeping them from needing those services in the right. first place? And that's what I feel like um, some of the youth advocacy is happening here in Ketchikan. Uh, for youth, we uh, there's also community connections. Mm-hmm. In fact, let me just say right now, I, I work uh, for Aquila Gateway. And if my phone rings during this time, uh, it's because um, I get to go do a crisis uh, intervention uh, at the hospital for somebody that is in need of services. So if it rings, it's no disrespect, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's my turn to have the phone. Good priorities. Uh, yep. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Women in Safe Homes Wish. is always there, and they have a ton of advocacy, legal representation. Yeah, Alaska Legal Services mm-hmm. uh, is helpful for people that don't have the means uh, to hire uh, an attorney. Uh, our public defenders tend to do a really nice job as well. We just got a, a nice a new bunch in so thank you for the work that you do uh the, the catch can wellness coalition absolutely. and a couple of the different groups that they oh yeah operate. re-entry coalition mm-hmm. is uh, a part of that for people that are uh wanting to re-enter the community and get out of that circle of going in and out of uh, corrections it's mm-hmm. fantastic so an exciting new addition this year is um the division of behavioral health from the state of alaska is coming down to join us this year and they are going to be kicking off a 
a statewide campaign, um, End the Stigma, Find Treatment, Begin Healing. And they found out through Christine and some of the work that she's done with them about what we do down here. And they were like, we have to come down and see what you guys are doing. That's amazing. So they're coming down. They're participating. They're recording. (laughs) They're going to be doing some interviews. There's going to be a self-recording station where people can go in without like an interview right in front of them and just speak some of their story. And they're going to be taking bits of all of this and using it for PSAs and commercials and radio spots for the statewide campaign. So that's really exciting and I think speaks to the growth that is happening like all the way down here in little southeast Alaska. Well that's what I was gonna I was just about to say, you know, Ketchikan's its own very special community, but Alaska in general is just kind of a big web and I feel like as a state it's a little bit more community oriented because everything is so tiny yeah. and everybody goes to the other tiny places <laughs> and everyone knows each other. So that's amazing that they heard about you all the way. We can't forget about KIC either. Yes. Oh, and the oh my wide goodness. variety of services um, that they offer uh, uh, the Alaska natives whose soil I'm very honored to get to be standing on, you know. Uh, yeah, they have uh, several different departments. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, including behavioral health. Do you, okay, so if somebody is driving their car and is not going to remember any of this information, is there a Facebook page or um, something yep. like that that they can go find this on? Yeah, there is a Facebook, Stomp the Stigma Facebook page. We also have a website this year, AK. Uh-huh. We got fancy this year. <laughs> yeah. We're becoming fancy okay. people, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lady the, Gaga, if you're listening, please check out our Facebook page. <laughs> Lady Gaga's tuning in to Catch Can Radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, the website is akstompthestigma.org. Um, so yeah, we're growing. We're trying to spread this, uh, spread this thing, spread the news. I did have some people contact me from other communities that I want to coordinate with. They want to do an event also, and so in the future, I'd love to start having um, little places around Southeast Alaska having an event the same day we are, and have everyone maybe not even have to be the same day, but it just the idea of it is really cool to have everyone coming together all in the same day in all these different communities for all of the same reason and the same purpose. That's and it. and the biggest of for me and I think for all of us really who've been involved since day one, the biggest thing is like to show the hope. Like there is hope. We recover, we get better. There is travesty and devastation and there is that. But by shining the light into that dark, we can focus on the light. We can focus on like not losing those the people that we lose, not losing them without um, you know, being able to use their story for something good. Right. And um and it's the stories you get to, sorry not to interrupt you, no, um, when good. I would go to those AA meetings just as a support for my friend, the wisdom and just the life experience and stuff that you hear from people, there's something that this man said, I, and I write poetry, I do a lot of spoken word, and um, mm. I literally wrote something on it because it just it hit me like a brick wall, and he was like older, like 70, I think this was down in Tucson, and he was sharing his story and he was really emotional and he said this line said we're not punished for our sins but by our sins and that hit me i don't know if it's because my i'm not religious anymore but the background it was just amazing the kind of things that you hear at those meetings Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah yeah and everyone's you know some people go to 12-step meetings and that's the thing that saved them um some people go to residential treatment and that's the thing that saved them some people like myself had multifaceted (laughs) (laughs) multifaceted resources right here ketchikan that i used and um you know was a little bit of everything for me you know i am a part of a church and i love my church family and they loved me through the whole thing and never judged and 12-step meetings are a crucial part of my life and I did intensive outpatient treatment up at Aquila and um so you can attest to some of the resources that are going to be at this event too that's amazing yeah and I will say also like in all recovery 
it only works if you work it. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. can do it for action. you. It has to. It's definitely action. It's pushing through hard things. Um, language. <laughs> <laughs> pushing through the hard things. Like all the days aren't easy. And just yeah. because you start to take the drugs and alcohol out of your system doesn't necessarily mean that everything is sunshine and rainbows. And so you learn how to cope with life and you learn how to feel feelings for the first time. Yeah. And when you're a person like myself who never did that really, you're like an adult trying to figure out how to deal with a really stressful day or how do I deal with my, you know, kids having breakdowns before we go to school in the morning or, you know, whatever life throws at you. It doesn't have to be huge things, just the little everyday things. Um, my sponsor calls it the twos. Like there's, there's a scale of things that happen in your life and the tens are those like really huge life changing events. But the twos are the, the twos are what will, you know, knock you on your butt if you're not, being careful and like staying for me staying spiritually fit and working a program and you know doing the things that are suggested and that's what has worked for me you know to keep me six years going and hopefully if I keep doing the next right thing I can you know keep those days adding up one day at a time yeah (laughs) s-o-b-e-r son of a bleep (laughs) everything's real yeah that's not easy it's not easy um, but it is uh, significantly better uh, than that living death that mm. uh, it comes from active alcoholism and addiction and the pain that comes from an untreated mental health disorder. Yep. I, um, when I was very heavily... Do, I, I never did anything super hard in this time frame, but right before I was diagnosed and it was just not being sober, if it was alcohol or whatever, I just mm-hmm. didn't want, and I can't remember almost two years of my life yeah. <laughs> from it. And then exactly what you were saying, I had to go through this and I don't think I was addicted or anything, just, you know, the bipolar or whatever, yeah. but having to go through that, wow, I have to actually deal with feelings. I have to like confront oh. them and not just, oh yeah, just <laughs> take a little, <laughs> to check out a reality for a little bit. Um, one more question before we go ahead and wrap up. If somebody wanted to get involved, are there any volunteer opportunities or how would they go about that? Certainly. Yeah. So um, my phone number is plastered all over, so I can just throw that out there. 907-617-8335. There is a portal on the website where you can pop in your information, but we um, set up and clean up as always. Um, something that we need help with. We're going to be having a poster, I almost brought this, poster making event uh, next Friday. So if you want to come in and make posters um, so you can have your own, like that you have made and want to carry that through the march on Saturday, you can do that. That'll be six o'clock at the plaza also. Um, And honestly, showing up the day of and just saying like, hey, I want to help, I will put you to work. Give you a job. All right, perfect. Well, thank you, Danielle. And I want to say happy birthday, Estelle. I forgot to mention, she has this beautiful uh, little crown on that says 40. It's amazing. that's because of recovery that I'm alive today. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, being a woman in recovery has saved my life. That's amazing. It's so good to hear um, testimonies. I almost forgot the word for a second. Well, we do have the um, Silver Salmon Fishing Derby going on all weekend. We will be broadcasting that live. If you want to tune in, we'll be updating the leaderboards. And me and Russell Wodehouse will be out at the weigh-in stations updating you guys. So if that's something that you want to know about, we haven't had a derby in a couple years, so it'll be really exciting. Um, we have a lot of people sponsoring it, um, and it'll, it'll be really fun. Thank you for tuning in to First City Forum. I'm Brittany Rickard, and you're listening to KTKN.